All right, today uh, I want to share part one of what's going to be a two-part message, which I've entitled, What It Means to Be a Christian. And the subtitle of that is Getting Back to Basics. I'm addressing this uh, because as human beings, living day in and day out with our heads buried in the world, it's easy, really far too easy, uh, to become casual about our Christian life. It's easy, far too easy, to take for granted whose we are, and in doing so, sometimes losing sight of the changed life that we're to be living. Now, I'm not suggesting in this message that uh, we have left our faith or anything like that, but rather that in going about our lives day to day, we can easily fall into a pattern where being a Christian is more like a badge we wear rather than a lifestyle that we live. We get comfortable, you see, with our Christianity. Too comfortable. And it's, it's sort of like we just sort of wear it. Uh, we know it, we have it, and we wear it. It's like a badge. So these two messages are going to take us back to some basics to remind us of what it means to be a Christian. So let's begin by going to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our gracious Father, we come to you today to be reminded. It's not that we don't know, and it's not that we do not strive, but Father, in this world, we, we get caught up in it. And it's very easy to just become a little too casual about our Christianity and our faith. So I'm asking, Father, today that you would speak to us as we begin these two messages. Uh, just remind us of the basic things that are important. And I pray that uh, we will all be challenged and all be motivated for your honor and for your glory. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. I have a, uh, I have a book in my library. It's written by Kyle Eidelman. Uh, I don't know Kyle, but I do know his dad. His dad's name is Ken, Ken Eidelman. Uh, he used to be the president of Ozark Bible College up in Joplin, Missouri. And uh, I got to know him when I was traveling with Christ and Youth because I was on campus uh, several, on several occasions. Uh, Kyle, at that time, was just a little kid, and in fact, I'd never met him, but uh, the little kid grew up, and he is now the pastor of the uh, Southeast Christian Church in Louisville, Kentucky, which happens to be the fifth largest church in America. Now, the book he's written, he's written several, but this one is entitled, Not a Fan, not a fan. And the premise of the book is, is stated here on the back cover. 
and I want to read it to you. Quote, The dictionary defines a fan as an enthusiastic admirer. Fans want to be close enough to Jesus to get all the benefits, but not so close that it requires sacrifice. Fans may be fine with repeating a prayer, attending church on the weekend, slapping a Jesus fish on their bumper, but is that really the extent of the relationship Jesus wants? Jesus was never interested in having admirers. It's not fans he's looking for. End quote. Now, if I, if I might uh, expand with a little illustration here. Let's say you are a fan of uh, OU, or maybe OSU, or maybe the Dallas Cowboys, or the Boomers, or the Bearcats, or the Indians. And so you wear the T-shirt, and maybe you have a bumper sticker on your car. Uh, maybe you have a sign or a flag or something in your yard. You're a fan, but you're not a player. You're not in the game. You have team spirit, but you're not doing the work. You're not, you are enjoying the emotions, but you're not stepping out of the stands and getting on the field or on the court. You're a fan. Well, that's all well and good if you're talking about sports. <laughs> but not when you're talking about life. It is not okay in the spiritual realm to just be a fan. When you follow Jesus, you follow him into life. You're on the team. You're in the game. You're not in the stands as a fan. You're in the game. So what we're going to do is take up what it means to be in the game. What it means to be a Christian. And again... This is all basic. So what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, the short answer is pretty easy. At least it's easy to say. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means to be like Jesus. Just like the songs we sang this morning. But we're not going to settle for the easy answer in these two messages. We're going to answer the bigger question, which is how. How to be like Jesus. Because when we answer that, we will understand what it means to be a Christian. So let's begin. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means you are obedient. Because Jesus was obedient. Now again, remember, we're, we're going to talk about basics. Jesus was obedient to the Father. Now, we're really good at slogans, and you've probably heard this one. 
God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Really? I would submit it's only settled if you do it. You know that you know that little slogan that I'm always saying, it's not what you know, it's what you do about what you know. Jesus said, it's recorded in John 14, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And then in verse 31 of that same chapter, he says, But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Jesus was obedient. Let's, let's take a look at just one example. The baptism of Jesus. It's recorded for us in Matthew chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered, saying to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. After Jesus being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him, and a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The baptism of John was for repentance. The person being baptized was repenting of sin. And baptism was a physical expression of that decision. It was like, it was mentally, it helped it to be mentally and physically experienced. It was an expression of the sorrow for sin. Now Jesus was sinless. He did not need to acknowledge sin. And yet, he wanted to be baptized by John. John was reluctant. He understood that he himself was the one who should be baptized by Jesus. But Jesus insisted. He was sinless, but he insisted. Why? Well, in his words, in order to fulfill all righteousness. Now, I can tell you, you can read any number of commentaries, and everybody has a slightly different take on what that means. In other words, there's a lot of speculation about what exactly Jesus meant when he said to fulfill all righteousness, because he was sinless. I'm not going to speculate this morning. But there is one thing here that is very clear. Jesus did it. He was baptized because it was what the Father willed. 
What did he say? But so that the world may know that I am that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. That's why he was baptized. The Father commanded it. He obeyed the Father. Now, right here, I want to uh, I want to make a very important point, uh, and this is going to be like a cornerstone of these two messages. And this is it. Jesus never commands us to do anything which he himself did not do. Everything that Jesus asks us to do, he did himself. We do not serve a king who sits on a throne high and lifted up, separated from the realities of life. He experienced the realities of life. And he didn't create a list of do's and don'ts to be handed down like some kind of governmental edict. Jesus does not command, do as I say. He commands us to do as he did. Follow his example. He commands us to live as he lived. So, let's take a few minutes and consider Jesus' command that we be baptized. Matthew records for us the final words of Jesus before he ascends to be with the Father. He's about to return to heaven. He has sacrificed his life on a cruel cross he has died a horrible death and he did it because the father commanded it he did it because it was the father's will remember his words in the garden father if it's possible let this cup pass from me yet not what i will but what you will and so now he goes to his disciples and he gives them a final command the last command before he goes back to be with the Father, he says to his disciples, and by extension to each of us, as we are his disciples, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The disciples did not take this final command lightly. On the day of Pentecost, when the first gospel sermon is preached, the first time the saving message of Jesus is preached, the people hear the message. They're convicted in their heart. They believe. They have been made disciples. They believe. And they cry out to the, the disciples, what must we do? And they were told, repent 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's recorded that those who received his word that day and were baptized, that day nearly, nearly 3,000 people And throughout the book of Acts, which is a history of the beginning of the church, the infancy and the early growth of the church, throughout the book of Acts, every recorded incident of someone accepting Jesus as their Savior, in every instance, they were baptized. They believed. They understood the gospel. They were repenting and they were being baptized. Why? Because Jesus commanded it. It's as simple as that. Now, I want you to use your imaginations a little bit here. Uh, kind of put yourself on the day of Pentecost and imagine you're standing there real close to where the disciples are. And the, the Apostle Peter has been preaching, and, you, and you've heard all this. And uh, and, and everybody around you is, is saying, what, what should we do? What, what should we do? Now remember, you're using your imagination here. So Peter leans over to James, and he says, I know I need to tell them to repent, but do you think I really need to say anything about being baptized? I mean, look at them. They obviously believe. We've made them disciples, just like Jesus said. And then James shakes his head and says, Oh, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, they believe. They're repenting. They want to be disciples. Baptism isn't going to save them. Let's, let's not make a big deal out of it. You know, let's, let's just, uh, I don't know, let's just have them say a sinner's prayer. Or maybe raise their hand to acknowledge that they've accepted Jesus. That's good enough for me, says James. Can you imagine that? Here's the truth. Christian baptism does not cause salvation any more than John's baptism caused repentance. John's baptism was a sign of their repentance. It was a ex physical expression of their repentance. Christian baptism is a sign of our surrender to Jesus, a physical expression of our surrender to Jesus. And the beautiful thing about baptism is that it is a picture. It's a perfect picture of death, burial, and resurrection. And besides all that, Jesus commanded it.
so that we would experience in a physical way and the spiritual way the reality of our death to sin, our burial with Christ, and our resurrection with Him. What does it mean to be a Christian? It means to obey Jesus' commands. Baptism is just one of those. In this next message next week, we're going to look at several more, all of which illustrate what it means to be like Jesus and to follow his commands. And again, in each and every one, we will see that Jesus not only commands, but he gives the example. Whatever he asks us to do, he has done himself as an example to us, as an example of what it means to be like him. We are to be like Jesus because that's what it means to be a Christian. We are to do what Jesus did. So this message was, this first message is, was just intended to kind of set the tone, to really hit hard on the idea, the truth, that if we're going to be Christian, we're going to do what Jesus did. We're going to obey his commands. And next week we're going to expand on this and uh, look at several other things. And again, this is all basic. Uh, I, I don't have any new revelations. <laughs> these are things that in some messages we have already touched on some of these all by themselves in, in other messages. But I'm going to bring them together uh, next week and talk about, again, what it means to be a Christian being, getting back to the basics. And this message this morning was uh, rather brief, <laughs> but I just wanted to set the tone. I wanted to, to make it stick in our heads that uh, what it means to be a Christian is to be like Jesus. And this is how. First of all, Obedience. First and foremost of all, obedience. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we thank you for the sacrifice of Christ. We thank you for the example of his life. We thank you that we can live in this world with an example to follow. That we don't have to make it up our own. That we don't have to figure it out on our own. Jesus lived the life for us that we will know how to live. As we continue in this, I pray, Father, that you would speak to us and that we would become even more so the people you've called us to be. And I ask it in your Son's name. Amen. We're going to sing uh, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. There are two verses. Oh, we need to use the hymn books? Okay.
In the hymn books, it's number 376. second verses. Let's stand. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turn. 